0: We're doing the live thing. Oh, hopefully. It says we're live. Let's see what happens. All right, let's see.
1: Oh, and there's a notification. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Evan and Aaron Show presents the Red and the Blue Soccer Chat. Man, I tell you, man, oh yeah, yeah. You You know, you either, anything I say right now is is going to have like this sexual (laughs) undertone because I was like, hey, you got to hit that. Oh man, you know, you got to come with the, you got to come strong and I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. It's just, it's,
0: it's, it's already kicked in. It's already kicked in. Well, you know what? First off, good to see everybody back. Uh, hope you're joining us tonight. Um, it's been a few weeks, had, to had some personal stuff getting away last week. And, uh, obviously we had, uh, to bump things to Thursday night. So we hope you are with us, but folks, We are here to discuss the World Cup and. You know. And, and, you know, good on the kid at at Butler who told me I don't know anything about soccer because I did not predict them. (laughs) uh, uh, They did come on strong, they did demonstrate it, and um, it, it was really. It was a great World Cup, and it was a magnificent yeah, was. World Cup final. Um, and, and really, I just – I I don't know how you, you could have asked for more from a final. Regardless, I mean, look, if you're a, a France fan, I know what you could ask for more. But <laughs> you are just a fan of this game yep. and wanted yep. to see a tremendous World Cup final. You got it. You absolutely got it. And right, and right. well, but it was kind of a boring first half, but no, that's how this game works. Okay. It it, it, yes. it doesn't just explode into life in the, in the first five minutes, there is a discussion to be had about, Hey, Argentina came with the best game plan and executed it for 45 minutes and kept France at bay. And then a great manager in Didier Deschamps, took some tremendous players and gave them new concepts to follow. He actually did it before 45 minutes was up. And mm. suddenly France get themselves back into it. You know, you think two yeah. nil down yeah. Argentina is going to walk away with this, maybe make this ugly. And it's going to be a horrible day at the office for France. And then Kylian Mbappe did Mbappe. Kylian Mbappe things and uh, i mean i i, I just kind of don't know where to start but evan when you watched this match mm-hmm. it, give me your big takeaways like like we, how do you look back on this match how will you describe this match to people in 20 years
1: so first of all what's up io glad that you were able to join us on this snowy night tonight man um yeah every everybody just you know thank you for for joining us tonight um Twenty years from now, I am going to say that I had the privilege of watching one of the greatest soccer matches of all time. Yeah. and and when I say that, you know my limited limited you know library of of matches that I've watched in my life, I, I think that it doesn't matter if you watched if you were around watching Pele play, mm-hmm. uh, if you were watching you know, Maradona with the, you know, hand, you know, hand of God. I just, this, this is the whole tournament, man. And we'll, we'll I know we'll dive into this, but this, this match specifically, um, you know, I said to start with hot takes. Here's, here's, here's my hot take is that <laughs> it was, it was so wonderful seeing and even though the shithousery that er, uh, Argentina showed um, to Croatia uh, in in the uh, semifinal,
0: mm. I well into the Netherlands in the quarters, I, I thought oh, that was a, sorry. 30, yeah
1: yeah yeah he, that yeah, was when like, they fired the yeah yeah
0: really um, disappointed in Argentina that day.
1: You you you've got to feel like you felt Messi win that you felt. You know the the entirety of the journey for Messi. That was the final little piece that he needed. But here's my hot take. My hot take is is that um, for the next two to three World Cups, it is going to be hard to beat France. Yeah, I, I think you saw it on killing Mbappe's face. I think that Mbappe. Mm. There there's a there's a phrase in a show that I absolutely love and it's called um it's called Shorzy. It's a spin off of, of Letterkenny, And one of their great sayings is like, Look, I, I, I don't want people who love to win. I want people who hate to lose. Because you know, that winning piece is after everything's done, and it's like, yay, but when you hate to lose, yeah. it is it, it is it, em- it's em- no, brain in no, no. you. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And, and so I think killing Mbappe, it was almost as if the handoff um, of the goatness, if you could, it, it really did happen. We we got to see killing Mbappe because a lot of people were talking about the fact this guy earns one point four million dollars a week, Aaron, and people were like, "Holy, sh- what the hell?" Why did-? we got to see why he earns one point four when you put your entire team nation on your back and you score a hat trick in the final that is ice water flowing through your veins that is that that is in in and and you can just you know it's there with him and the fact Mm is he and messi are on the same club team correct yeah okay so you know, you're, you're going to have that there. And, and Messi doesn't strike me as the person because he wasn't the person to fire the ball on the bench. He was the person to kind of go mm-hmm. and get everybody in separate. He, he, he was the person to kind of go and talk to, um, you know, the Netherlands manager in, in a uh, very mm-hmm. forceful type way.
0: Mm-hmm. I can't
1: not imagine a scenario that in these next four years, Messi isn't going to let Mbappe know that that Argentina took that, you know, that, that they won. And I just think that Mbappe is going to get fed by that. So that's my first octave, man. What do you think?
0: Well, I, I want to speak to two things. Uh, one, some things that, that I, I was talking about, uh, I mean, it, it, it is the, the greatest world cup final ever played. Um, you know, and it, it, it had really everything, um, some really fantastic goals. Um, crazy yeah. drama at times. Yeah. Um, yeah, epic shit housery from Argentina's goalie. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, scoring three penalties in a game. I mean, that's, that's kind of unheard of. And, and for all the people given Harry Kane shit, it's incredibly difficult to score two penalties in a game because these guys study you and look, a uh, quick side note: Harry Kane missed that penalty because he tried to do the exact same thing he did with the first one, only a hundred times harder, and he got yes. it off by a skosh. And the difference is between tucking it right under the bar and everybody going, "What an amazing penalty kick!" To oh, holy shit, that might leave the building. Yes, it's difficult. What Mbappe did was amazing. And by the way, the uh, middle goal that he scored, uh, the volley, was that the first goal he scored? I- I'm just blown away. I think I think that came. I think that was the second of the of the goals. And oh my God, that's just absolutely amazing um, yeah. to to do. So I, I do absolutely agree with you that he's going to be so motivated by having lost this. Because let's remember, he's got a trophy. I mean, he he mm-hmm. could theoretically say, "I've already done these great things," but yeah. he's going to be motivated by being around a guy like Messi. He's going to be motivated to try to win a Champions League with him, but also try to match some of his levels. You know, people are talking, try to do the, oh, well, Mbappe at 23 compared to Messi at 23. He's already done these things. It does not work like that. And I I get kind of annoyed and bored with the whole conversation. And that's part of my joke with the whole Zidane thing uh, because he actually played defense. But more importantly... Respect these players for who they are and what they're doing. You know, this isn't the, we don't need to compare soccer players in the same ways because the game evolves so quickly that what Mbappe is doing and the way he plays the game is evocative in my mind of Thierry Henry, but he's also taken it to a whole new level. This attack Mm -hmm. off the wing and burst of pace and tremendous goal scoring, technical ability. Um, Is he already one of the top 10 players of all time? I, I That's that's a pretty good hot take. And I tell you what, he has certainly put himself in the conversation. I, I mean, at his age, what he has already accomplished, and he will be, um, you know, a, 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 a Ballon d'Or winner. He, he, he will. Uh, there is no question yeah. in my mind about that. But the one thing I, I want to expand on, and, and, and I'll be quick about it, is that – you're absolutely right. The world has it needs to be on notice about France for the next two to maybe three World Cups because mm-hmm. Mbappe is going to be hitting his prime. Several of these guys are going to be hitting their prime. And think about who they missed. Look, N'Golo Conte was probably oh not gosh. going to be around for the next one, but he'd been there for this one, and anybody would miss N'Golo Kante.
1: Yes, Paul Pagba?
0: Yes. Hernandez going down early. Benzema not being there, and obviously this would have been his last, but I mean, Paul Pogba is going to be at another World Cup with Mbappe. That's scary oh to think no, about. That is it scary. really is. And it's then you terrible. throw in Chouameni. You throw in some oh, of these man. young Turam. These are beautiful players playing in a great way, and whether it's Didier Deschamps or or Zidane takes the reins from, you know, from their forward or from the Euro forward, this is a truly ridiculous French side. And and here's the thing. We've spent more time talking about them than Argentina. And, oh, my God, think about, you know, it's messy a lot, but Di Maria had a wonderful match. And yeah, so really. many supporting characters came through for Argentina to make this happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is... Yeah, you may be right there, Io. Yeah, if, if if he had two World Cups at the age of 23, we might already be talking about him like that. Because, uh, honestly, he reminds me in some ways of, of um, original Ronaldo in, in his just absolute mm-hmm. burst of pace. He's so powerful, but then his finishing is there, too. You see so many players that have a few of those elements or moments of those elements, but... Can't really always put them all together, and the inner phenomena was uh the greatest number nine of all time. Mbappe. Boy, he might roll up onto that one. Yeah,
1: I you know, I I, I just cannot I can't stop talking about how good Mbappe was. Like, I, I'm <laughs> not sure. And and here's the disappointment, and I've I've been reading stuff online, and I just wanted to go back and just check this out. Um U.S. fans, I hope, I really hope that in 2026, when it's here, if, and, and and I'm not saying, I'm not trying to predict or whatever or anything like that, but if the U.S., you know, if they get to the knockout stage and they get knocked out, for those who stopped watching when the U.S. got knocked out of this tournament, you, you must – you missed some of the best mm. soccer that you could ever see. You missed some of the best moments that you could ever see. Yeah. We're, we will never see. We will never see another uh, Luka Modric. We will. We will never see another. What a, what
0: one. a brilliant, brilliant play! I mean, you know that pulse goals and 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 Kevin de and, and and obviously Xavi and Innes to get so much love and, and deservedly so. Yeah.
1: yeah. Yeah, but what
0: Luka Motrich has done, and he's thirty-seven years old.
1: Yeah, yeah, this is it. That's it for him. We're we're not going to see him anymore. Um, he's he's not on the international level. Favorite, yeah, yeah. He's one of my favorite players. Like one mm-hmm. of my favorite players. The guy.
0: He has He has
1: a motor that just doesn't quit, and no matter how old he gets, he just he reminds me. He reminds me of Frank. Like, no matter how old Frank got for Chelsea, no matter how much, you know, sh- he just kept going and you couldn't stop. It, it just, it was, he was, Luka Modric was such a joy to watch in this tournament, how he literally took that team. I, I love the fact that Kovacic, like, Kovacic. I mean, we're talking about Chelsea. We're talking, I will say this, and I think we'll talk about this a little bit later. Man, you and Chelsea showed up in this tournament like they showed up Mm, big mm, time mm. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and it was it was so delightful to see these guys senegal you know uh, the african nation team let's talk about that for a second you know usually we talk about the african nations as you know fodder for the group stages um not anymore not anymore my friends in every group that an african nation was involved in Boy, I tell you what, the other nations had the scrap, man. They had to fight. Senegal, wonderful job. Imagine if they had Sadio Mane. I mean, you know, if if they had Mane. Just, oh, my God. Morocco, Ghana. Freaking Ghana till the very last match had a chance to make it into the knockout rounds. I was so happy about the, the parody. was in the tournament this time that it was just it was so wonderful to watch you gotta your heart goes out to like germany belgium you know those guys it's like you know i i I, i'm i want them to succeed i want them to be good but boy i tell you what what we saw aaron and, and, and i'd like to get your your take on this the parody that was in this tournament i think made it so exciting the the closeness of the matches, the the final you know um, extra time goals that took it to mm-hmm. extra extra time. It was just it was amazing to sit and watch these matches, and there wasn't really like I, I don't understand how people can say for many of these matches that they were bored at any time. If you have any understanding of this sport, the technicality, the strategy that was being that was being played. I mean, these guys were playing as if it, if as if their lives depended on it, and that's what you want in a tournament like this. Um, man, what do you think about the, the parody parity that was in this tournament?
0: Yeah, I think that's an excellent point with regard to just what what made it a good tournament for probably a lot of neutral fans. And uh, you know, I said early on one of the best matches uh, was a zero zero draw. Between uh, I believe it was Uruguay and South Korea early on, um, mm. is that right?
1: Yeah, I think so.
0: Um, I think you're right. Yeah, Uruguay it and South Korea, matches. and it was it was yeah, and it was zero zero, but it was literally a track meet, and it was really high quality soccer. If I'm being honest, um, the parity was fantastic. So much so that you saw perennial powerhouse Germany get knocked out early. Spain um, didn't make it beyond that. You saw a Morocco team. I mean, I, I touch on IO's point. You know, these 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 African nations with African coaches um, okay. really really coming through in a way that you know. Obviously, previously there had been struggles, but I mean, I thought Senegal. I, I'm with you. If, if they'd have had uh, Sadio Mane, who, who knows how much further they they could have oh. gone. Um, you know, Saudi Arabia did get bumped early, but, you know, they got a national holiday out of beating, uh, Argentina early on. That, that's that's crazy. They beat um, champs. I mean, they beat I've, always, the champs. I've been a Cameroon fan uh, since, uh, you know, 1990. And, yes. you know, I, I, they, they play with such genuine smiles on their face. But mm-hmm. Morocco what an absolute story and you got to think that and if you didn't have a dog in the hunt that everyone was rooting for Morocco I, I was at the Ghana Uruguay match in uh, South Africa in 2010 and oh. the entire continent was supporting Ghana in in, yeah. in that in that quarter and uh, or was a quarter or first knockout yeah it was a quarter and uh, just, it's amazing. It's amazing when there's the, you know, a, a, a coalescence, um, a, a around teams like that. Um, and, and that's exactly to your point of the people who stopped watching because their team got knocked out and probably a lot of Americans, you missed the next big names in, in the world. I mean, really, I, I, I just, I, I love Ashraf Hakimi. I mean, think about this, you know, Hakimi, Mbappe and Messi all play for the same team and then you throw in Neymar you throw in how many other players at such a high level is just beautiful and amazing to me and yes the parity the closeness there really weren't too many blowouts there were a couple early on Um, and then funny thing think about Spain had a massive blowout and then got knocked out at the first knockout
1: yeah yeah, I mean, you know, if 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 you had to pick people going in, like Spain would have been toward the top of your picks because they were playing so well. I mean, they were playing together, they were playing passionately, but once again, this tournament what what it showed is that at any point, at any moment, um you know, a team that you never thought that you never thought had a chance could could make it all the way to the semifinals, mm. to the semifinals, I, and once again, I am still talking about Morocco. Like it, it, you finished fourth, dude, in the yeah. in the World Cup, you finished fourth, and to think about the accomplishments, Japan,
0: I, back back to, back to yeah. your knowledge point, yeah. Croatia. A country the size of Oklahoma, and roughly the same population, has made it. Has made it to the semifinals or the finals of the last three major tournaments. That, it's seriously,
1: amazing.
0: that's that's like Dayton making it to like.
1: Yes, like uh, like a couple
0: Final Fours in a row. Like thanks, Steph Curry. But 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 think about it. Luka Modric is not a Lionel Messi or Cristiano Ronaldo. Like oh my God, I I do all these things. He's a Kevin De Bruyne. I facilitate. Yes. Yes. Imagine if Croatia had a Karim Benzema. Imagine if Croatia had a Harry Kane. You know, and 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 they still have great players. I don't. I'm not denigrating anybody, but I'm saying. Think about what they have accomplished by being a team, right? Morocco yeah. did this by being a team. Mm-hmm. And and mm-hmm. truly, I think Argentina got over. Yeah, Messi had some phenomenal moments and did messy shit. And they probably yeah. wouldn't have won without him. Sure. But they had to perform for him as a team.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. Um next piece I want to talk about is yeah, man. and you you touched you what's that? I said yeah, man. Okay, Uh, next thing I want to talk about, and you touched on it, Um, I want to give, yeah, there you go, I want to give Mm -hmm. our friends across the pond some props, Um, the English national team played incredibly well, Mm -hmm. they played well, and, and I, and I, I feel for Harry Kane. I really do. I feel yeah. for him because that can happen to anyone. That can freaking happen to anyone and you explained it so well. Here's the here's the thing is that I think English fans I think they'll come around and I think they're smart enough to to understand this. They're yeah. savvy enough to understand. It, it's going it may take a while. It yeah. may take a while. But I think they're savvy enough to understand that once again the technicality of what takes place yeah. during a penalty kick
0: oh like harry kane harry kane
1: exactly exactly yeah. and in 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 what 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 hurts me for for kane is that you saw immediately after he took that kick or after he missed it like there were still like what seven eight minutes left in the match or something like that Mm-hmm. And they had all the momentum in the world. Like they were just pressing forward. They were doing everything that they. That I was they almost to surprised do. they
0: did not tie it up because I really felt they. I mean, I think even a lot of French fans. I, I know. Uh, yeah. Julian the guy on ESPN was very quick to admit that England were the better side for yeah. the majority of that match, and, and I mean, really, while watching that game. I thought France scored a bit against the run of play. Not that they aren't good for it, no. but mm. I mean they have tremendous quality. But England really should have been up in that match, and and they weren't. And obviously paid for it, got themselves back into it. But it ultimately just it wasn't quite there. And and, and you know I, I wasn't right, you know, in my statement that whoever won that match was going to win the World Cup. But let's face it, um, I think we lose. I think we may have gotten every bit as good a final match if England had beaten France and we'd have been watching Argentina in England in in final. And by the way, think of the history there and what that would have meant, right? Man. So, I mean, there's just so much to unpack about this World Cup from just a a state of play point of view. Like, uh, you know, we we got some injuries and that's unfortunate. Um, And because this is right in the middle of the season, it's going to be interesting to see how do teams that had lots of guys go off to the, you know, look, you said it earlier, Chelsea and man, you guys did great, but that means they also played a whole bunch of games that they wouldn't have quite been playing at this time of the season in a totally different system. And now they've got to come back. How they're going to look, how they're going to feel. Are we, are we about to see a whole lot of stress and overuse injuries over the next two months from guys Mm. who deep into the tournament, you know? Yeah. and what's gonna happen in the transfer window? Who's moving to who after having a great World oh, Cup or having a bad World boy. Cup?
1: Oh boy. Right? I tell you. You know what? Here's here's the beautiful thing about doing this show is that I just realized I totally am not hardwired. This is all Wi-Fi. <laughs> I am seriously just Wi-Fiing this bad boy man. So that's what I always do. Well, well, I usually hardwire in, and so Hi. I'm wondering if that you know that might be.
0: Oh, so, that might so contribute it is, to it.
1: That might contribute to things. So here's what we're going to do, ladies and gentlemen. I am going to turn the mic over to my good friend Aaron. Aaron, you know, last last not the last piece, but the next piece I, I was wondering about. Um, well, I'm not going to dive too deep into this because it's going to be kind of the hey Aaron segment. But I wanted to get your kind of take on. Which which Premier League players stood out?
0: Me. And which Me.
1: Premier League players kind of, like, you know, probably should have stayed home? Yeah. What do you think, brother?
0: Um, well, I think the easiest um, place to start is with the English national team. Um, and I, I think you'd have to say, and obviously, I'm a little biased here, but Marcus Rashford had some great moments. He really looks back to himself. He's looked back to himself for uh, Manchester United, um, and he's always loved playing in an England jersey. And you know, he he came in, he got three goals in, in a couple games. He didn't get used quite as much in the in the uh, what quarter or semifinal as I think he should have um, for how well he played. But I understand the decision made by Gareth Southgate. I think I'd have brought him on a little earlier. Um, especially considering what happened, you know, on penalties last time, like you need to give guys a little bit of time if you think they might be going to that. Um, but I thought he played uh, very well. Um, I thought Luke Shaw played very well. Um, I thought Mason Mount maybe didn't look so good, and I think that might be part of a hangover he's got with Chelsea right now. Uh, he's part of that kind of midfield, uh, what, quartet, that they haven't quite found their feet under Graham Potter just yet. Um, but I don't think he's really hurt. You know, it, his stock isn't going down because of it. it it's not like Mason Mount is, is all of a sudden be like, you know, relegated. Um, there were a couple guys that I don't think they play in the Premier League anymore. Um, gosh, it's escaping me right now. Uh, I think one... I think there was a a Moroccan player that maybe had played for a, a mid-level team, uh, that obviously I mean there were four Moroccan players on the team of the tournament. That that's amazing. It's absolutely Amrabat, Hakimi. Uh, don't ask me, um, but yes, uh, I I I look around and I see a lot of players. The Premier League is strong. Premier Premier League is very strong right now, and what's always fun is you see a lot of guys come to the premier league and they play for a, a Brighton or a Charlton or a, you know, a, a kind of a lower or mid level team. And they don't always make it. Maybe they come to West Ham and West Ham kind of struggles a little bit and they don't make it. Yeah. And then you kind of lose track of this ball for two years and all of a sudden they're at Bayern or they're at Juventus or they're at Napoli. And you're like, Holy shit. Where did this guy, uh, what, what happened? And, I always yeah. say you gotta find the right fit. you mm-hmm. gotta find the right fit and if you if you're a kid from Morocco, maybe finding yourself in Newcastle isn't the most ideal for your game, you know and vice yeah. versa you know uh, if, if you are if you are uh, you know uh, I, I don't know how Erling Holland's going to handle Rome you know, that, that sort of thing. Maybe not. I that nice, maybe poor example. Cause I think that guy's going to be good wherever he goes, but I, I always go back that it's all about systems and comfort and things like that. Mm-hmm. Jose Antonio Reyes is always a, my classic example of, he just never adjusted. You know, he was a great player, never adjusted, goes back to Spain, wins the Pachichi. You know, yeah. it's, yeah. sometimes you just need home cooking. Yeah. I this transfer window is going to be insane. Mm-hmm. And I think it's going to be insane all over. Uh, it's going to be weird to see how teams spend money in the middle of the season in a way that normally doesn't happen. The January transfer window rarely, you know, gives us those really super crazy ones. Um, mm-hmm. But I think we're going to see more of that. You know, I, I, I know United are looking at Gakpo and, and other players, as a direct replacement for Ronaldo. Um, mm-hmm. Chelsea would got to be looking for a number yeah. nine as well. Yeah. Nine. Um and and for probably just reinforcements in general, uh, at this point, Graham Potter has to start thinking about how how to make this his team. Um, i was going
1: to say, go ahead, go. You know, before you hit before you hit the the sounds, let's 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 go to halftime because I got a lot to say about Graham Potter and. All right, Chelsea. man.
0: Uh, let me. What do I got here? A little something, something. Uh. No. Yeah, hey, no, I got nothing. Hey, I, mean, I need. I do need to get more stuff on here. I I don't have a, a really good wait. Um, right.
1: Gotta get more stuff. On, dude. Just saying, just saying. You know, um, ladies and gentlemen, we've hit <laughs> halftime. <laughs> I I don't know. I don't know what <laughs> else to do other than transition I mean, us to halftime, my yeah. friend. No, that's um, that's
0: totally fine. I think I was probably rambling a little bit there. It's been a while, folks, and I don't get out a whole lot right now. It's good. the middle of winter.
1: We can't let him out, ladies and gentlemen. We can't. We can't. It's like it's like letting a, a tiger out of the cage. Rah, we just can't do it um, hey, this week, listen, uh, my halftime shop, um, for all of our, you know, 10 listeners that we that we have on all radio. Base, of you. All tens of you. Um, I am going to be um kind of kind of stepping back. I've got I've got to finish up this this doctoral process i've got things at work that are um that are calling me to really dedicate some time um I, you know I've, I've talked to aaron um the podcast is going to be in great hands i'll be on here um probably about once a month or or so just to you know kind of check in and uh, be a guest a guest on the show um we don't know the the format may be changing we may Go once a month. I don't know because there's a lot of life stuff happen- happening for yeah. uh, both of us right now. Mm-hmm. Um, but guys, listen. My halftime shot is to each and every one of you, um, to everybody that tunes in, to everybody that listens, uh, everybody that sees us out and about and supports us. Um, you know, the show isn't going anywhere. It's going to continue, um, even if it you know means that hey, we're not on as often. Um, that just means that we're going to have a lot more great content uh, to share with you. Um, you know um, so my halftime shot goes to my good friend, Aaron. Um,
0: uh, dude, thank you, this sir. has
1: been dude. This has been like some of the best times for me. Uh, I've grown as a football fan. I've grown as a uh, um, uh, amateur podcaster, whatever you want to call me, but also, man, I just, I just grown to love you more throughout this this whole process so brother i i look forward to uh just hanging out with you more in person and and just you know continuing our journey and see where this goes and and all that good stuff so ladies and gentlemen if you um if you would along with me because i'm not going to let him um steal it away from the spotlight away from himself um my my friend aaron uh deserves all of our uh halftime shots of that tonight um just like i said Life stuff is 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 great and shitty at the same time. And indeed, indeed, for both of us, you know what we uh we we've seen that. But right now, my friend, um, this one's for you. Uh, love you and cilancha.
0: I got you, brother. Love you.
1: Yep. Mm. All right. I told you. I told you. I got like a new Elijah Craig right today. Yes. Oh my God! It's so good. So fucking smooth. God.
0: I hope do, we, I do we do we quickly address a little bit of the U.S. men's national team, or do we just go straight into oh, club ball? Yeah. No, no,
1: no, absolutely, no, absolutely,
0: we do this. I we just, do this. I, you know, we we didn't get to kind of address some of the fallout that that has occurred um, in, in on two levels, and, and that is. we went out to the netherlands and i don't think there's really any shame about that but we did get out thought and out coached um Mm. and Mm. on that alone um you know i i'm i'm like I, i i follow the conventional wisdom for the most part of national team coaches should, shouldn't stay beyond a cycle or a cycle and a half, depending on the t- other tournaments that they've got going on just because it gets stale and you want to keep bringing in new blood and new ideas and things of that nature, unless you're going deep into tournaments, in which case I don't see any reason England should walk away from Gareth Southgate. I don't see a reason France should walk away from Didier Deschamps uh, unless you've been dying to bring somebody else in. Um, but Greg Bolhalter is naive um, and mm he was naive in the way he dealt uh, with responding in game. Uh, He was naive uh, specifically in the Netherlands match uh, about how the Dutch would respond and what he would need to do. He was naive with his substitutions Um, and he was most naive to believe that there was actually going to be an off the record conversation about how the team internally disciplined a player. Yeah. And all of this combined to me says he cannot stay. No. And I, I don't have, I don't harbor a lot of the negative feelings toward Burr that I know a lot of American fans do because of the whole, his brother's part of us soccer and all this stuff. There's always a little bit of nepotism and and you can disagree with it, but I don't think there were a lot of other great candidates available at the time and Greg got us to here. Yeah. Okay. We didn't qualify for the last one. So we started anew and we are now here. We we've seen some very good performances from this team and from being the youngest team at the World Cup and knowing that in 4 years they're going to all be in their prime. I said it before, yeah. Where, where's Weston McKinney going to be in four years? Where's Christian Pulisic oh, yeah. going to be in four years? Tyler Adams, Brendan Aaronson, there's so much to look forward to. Greg Dorhalter is not the man to lead him, and nowhere is that any more clear than how he publicly humiliated his team over the whole Gio Reyna thing. Now, I think Gio Reyna is as much to blame for his not playing yeah. a- as anybody. He very clearly threw a, threw a tantrum, but he's also a young kid and you got to handle this in the right way. And he still should have gotten more run than he did. And then you do not air this kind of stuff. And it, it's just, it, this is big Sam level of stupidity talking to somebody who's probably holding a microphone or, or at least has their phone out on the table. It's just absurd to me. And again, like so much over the last few months, instead of talking about how great they performed at times. What, what ecstasy we all shared when Christian scored that goal. Yes. Or or, or when, or when, uh, well, yeah, scored the first goal of the tournament. That feeling of release is so amazing. And instead we're talking about mismanaging a young rising talent. And, the difference is, to me, Gio Reyna will probably learn from this and grow in the same way that Weston McKinney did when he got flamed. Greg Borhalter should know better, and I know he's, a, you know he's not the most experienced coach, but he's he knows better, especially from a player standpoint. Mm. He was on the national team. Mm. He played at a high level. He knows better. You just don't air that kind of shit, and it's a failure, and that alone... He should move on. We need to begin looking for the next US men's national team coach that can help us potentially do a Morocco and go to a Final Four, or maybe Drew even bigger and say, We're gonna win this on home soil.
1: Yeah. You know, there's something to be said um, in the in the circles of adaptive leadership. They they talk about
0: Oh, we're getting a professor.
1: I know exactly. They 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 talk about measuring other people's loss mm. and mm. as a leader you have to manage other people's loss whenever your actions affect them mm. and i mm. think Burhalter neglected to do that and 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 here's a here's the deal that's great if you look at Deschamps. if you mm. look if you look at morocco's coach you you know you look at
0: yeah
1: if you look at those those managers who got their teams to overperform, Yeah. You look at J- Japan's manager. Oh, there is, there is a level yeah. of measuring your players loss. Like what is the loss for you to say the things that you need to say? Are you going to say things that, mm-hmm. that causes them to lose their ego and gain more camaraderie? Or are you mm-hmm. gonna say things that causes them to lose their nerve and lose their trust in you? Because this, you Aaron, you know this. Like we both played, man. And in and, in and, and as much as we sucked, as much as Cincinnati Christian University like stunk the field up, we would do anything, anything, yes. For our coach, for our manager, like we would, Mm -hmm. we would, we would run, we would constantly do everything. We would do anything for our manager. Why? Because he measured our loss at the Mm -hmm. end of the game. At the end of the time we played, you know, the, the, the Asbury's and we played, you know, you guys and and stuff like that. He didn't come in and totally trash us and stuff like that. He, he literally took inventory and he said, you know what guys? Yeah. You need to remember how this feels, but Mm -hmm. I still love you. Mm-hmm. and and he measured our loss yeah these young guys because i think sometimes we forget too and like you said these are young guys these yep. are kids in some and we these are some of these kids are 18 19 20 year old kids
0: mm-hmm.
1: whose brains aren't formed yet it, it just seems to me that those managers who are who are above just who are superior understand how to get these young men to play this game with passion. And the way you get these young men to play this game with passion is that you have to ensure them that you have their back in all instances, in all phases of this game. And yes, Greg Burhalter, the press conference is mm-hmm. one of those phases of this game. And you proved, you proved that these young men can't trust you. Yeah. They can't trust you. He didn't weigh in the loss yeah. that these young men felt. And yeah. and and for me, Aaron, that was that was the piece. That was the piece that I was a huge defender of Burr Halter because I was a huge critic of mm-hmm. him at the very beginning. And I was like, you know what? I was wrong. This guy's got him here. <laughs> But now I go back and I'm like, you know what, Greg, you did a great job getting us here, but man, you loused it up whenever we got here. It just, it just, it did not set well with me. And and I don't think it's going to set well for US for, for US soccer. I just don't mm-hmm. think so. And I think you're right. I think it'll be gone. Um, yeah. that being said, do we need to take a long hard look at a Jesse Marsh? Being the national team coach.
0: Yeah. Right away, I say yes to that uh, from the standpoint of what Ayo pointed out earlier. Um, You know, you had several African nations with great success for the first time, all having coaches from their own nation. And I think, all right i own well, adam I
1: hopefully, hopefully ladies and gentlemen here it comes yeah. here it comes
0: yeah this is uh, this is if i'm if this is white splain and pushback but i think because of the inherent hoped for melting pot diversity of the u.s and the fact that the u.s national team has always had lots of kids that were like army brats from germany or you know second generation mexican-american kids things like that i don't think we necessarily have needed a, a, a u.s coach to reflect us in the same way that i think it is very important for these african nations to make that next step with a leader from their own country um, because of certain stigmas in the international game. Yeah. Right. The African nations get criticisms that are more personal about the people rather than Americans just don't get soccer. Right. It's, it's different. The criticism is different. So I don't know that the U S men's national necessarily has to have an American coach, to lead them. But unless some of the most elite coaches on the planet are available and interested in the job Mm. and invested in it, and I'm talking Jose Mourinho, Zinedine Zidane, Didier Deschamps, if he's no longer the French national team coach, people like that, then, yeah. Because I think Jesse Marsh played with a lot of these guys, gets a lot of these guys, but has already done the hard work in just a few short years in, in uh, what um, Austria and Germany and then England. Mm-hmm. And is that right? I
1: think so. Yeah, I think so. I think he has been in three, three places. So
0: he's been in three places. I just can't remember if two were in Germany or not. I was going to correct yeah. me at some point. Um, intern. <laughs> Damn it. Um, but I do agree that. Jesse Marsh might just be that guy who recognizes the right amount of graft and dirty work that's needed because Jesse was that guy. Jesse yeah. was a disruptor. Jesse was not the most technically gifted guy out there, and he'd yeah. be the first to admit it. So he understands the dirty work that needs to get done, but he also played with some of these guys, or at least yeah. knows the mentality and knows that, you know what? You protect your Pulisic. You protect yes. your up. You let Weston express himself. You let Tyler do that work. You, you incur, and he already knows Tyler and Brendan. Imagine what levels they could get to yep. with the national team. My only concern is maybe he's just a little too young. Maybe he needs two more years with leads. You know, so, I, I don't know being a national team coach versus being a club coach calls on different skill sets, but I'm with you. I have I if, if the US national team named him the coach tomorrow, I'd be okay with it.
1: See, here's here's why I lean on Jesse Marsh. What I saw from Van Gaal, Luis Van Gaal for, from Netherlands
0: mm-hmm.
1: is like he embodies the Netherlands, like the way they oh. play. Technical, just you know mentality. Just, the yeah. mentality of it, just like no, no emotion, you know, hardly any emotion. But boy, when they score, just, just, it's just like going to work.
0: Wicked dry not, sense of humor.
1: Sure, I'm not sure. I'm not sure that you have maybe, maybe other than, other than the Didier Deschamps. I'm not sure you have another manager that embodies his team
0: mm-hmm.
1: like De Gaulle. I, I, I just. He he, Van Gaal he he he, he impressed me, and I want that for us. I want that for the United States. It's not that I want a Teddy Roosevelt figure, you know, but I want somebody with that 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 Mm. that quiet confidence at times, arrogance. Like, mm-hmm. because that's who we are. Like we are, you know, yeah. we can be that little and that's okay because that is who we are as mm-hmm. Americans. We have this little chip on right. our shoulder because it's like, hey, you guys don't think we're going to do anything anyway. So, you know what? We're just going to win this whole fucking thing. And totally. I want that as a manager.
0: I totally that. agree. I mean, Jesse Marsh was the first to greet David Beckham in the MLS. And it's a classic. <laughs> I mean, he damn near decapitates. Him. He almost cuts him in half. And, and Beckham gets up and gets in his face, like, no, yeah. I, I'm not the one. Um, I, I may pretty, but I'm not the one. And Jesse wasn't about to back down. So, I, you know, I love it. I absolutely love yeah. it. Um, I, I'm, I'm with the IO. I don't think he leaves leads. Say so that five times fast. But I, I don't think he does. Um, but, you know, if the, if U S soccer came along and said, you get all the decisions and you get to put together exactly the staff you want. You don't have to have, you know, these particular people. It might be too good to short now. I, I don't know. I, I, yeah. And, and looking around, I don't necessarily see anybody who's, out of a job or looking for their next one, that's the most ideal fit for the U S men's national team. I don't think we need to be as defensive minded as a Jose Mourinho would want us to be. I think he's still a great manager. He's done doing great stuff with Roma. Um, I think Zidane would struggle with the American mentality and the American technical quality. I'm sure he's impressed by certain players, but he would look at others and say, okay, yeah. First off, I'm not calling you Jedi. And secondly, <laughs> yes, he did win. No, no, he did win lots of. Non-jet. He did win lots of possession and all these things. It is great. He had some great statistics, but you think about why he he did that, and it's because he gave yeah. the ball in bad positions, and yeah. he yeah. he got away with it because of athleticism. Uh, Anthony Robinson is our Aaron Juan Basaka.
1: Mm. Mm. Okay. Okay. I mean, nothing. I, I think we're we're both on the same page, which which excites me because I'm like, you know, if this mm-hmm. makes this going to make 2026 so much better. Here's why I'm so stuck on Jesse Marsh, and I get it, Io. That yeah, okay. Why would you leave Leeds? Well, in four years, you are literally hosting the World Cup, mm-hmm. and you mm-hmm. have four years to work with these guys to get them geared up, and it's not that grind. Of each and every week, and, and and I don't know. I mean, I could see where that be where that might be tempting because you could jump out of the leads, you could do really well in the tournament, and then you could jump into a Chelsea. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I mean, literally, it could be one of those career moves that actually puts you in a better spot. I mean, I'm just saying. I I I I I I, I for him.
0: I I totally get it, and I'm, and I'm I'm not poo pooing it in any way. I I do I do think it's more of a where is he at in his career, and he's already been asked the question in a press conference, and he's like, I have no intention of leaving Leeds. Um, but that's what every manager says, yeah. You know, exactly. Which isn't to say they're they're bullshitting, but it, you don't do contract negotiations in public, not like <laughs> right. that anyway. Right. Um, right. So yeah, you know, th- there's a, there's a lot of question marks, um, and here's the thing. If 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 they want to reach out to him and say, "Look, finish out the season at Leeds, and then we pick up in the summer," that might be more tempting. Obviously, right? You're not going to. He's not going to leave in the middle of a season. Give him the opportunity. Put in. Leave Berhalter to that point, or put in an in inner manager. Put Ernie Stewart in charge of in charge of things. He's just pushing papers around on his desk anyway. So let him. It, you know, have a little fun with the national team or tab or, or, or whoever. And then you bring Jesse in, but if that's not going to be the case, then you need to drop the hammer soon. Greg Burholter yeah, cannot yeah. just be wandering around the office looking for shit to do. <laughs> right. Right. I'm sorry. Yeah. No, we, right, we, we, right. we need, if, if, if we're going to punt on this decision, hoping it's Jesse that's one thing, right? Yeah. If they're negotiating, they're like, yeah, this is going to taken care of in July. Cool. If not, what are we doing? Yeah. yeah. Uh, because the U S the, the U S soccer hasn't been like, Greg's our guy, right? <laughs> no. So they're clearly no. shopping. They're, they're clearly window shopping right now. And the problem is there's nobody obvious. There just isn't. So, I don't know, man. You has got to be thinking ahead. And I think that's their failure.
1: Ladies and gentlemen, that was the hot take on the USA men's team. Um, I We, we are uh, running out of time. Screw it. I, I, I've got another piece dude in less than 200 days. Fuck time. <laughs> in less than 200 days. We have another World Cup coming up, my friend. We've got the Women's World Cup of 2023 hitting us in the face. Finally, back in the summer, man. I'm like, okay, now it just regulates my system. I'm able to watch a World Cup in the summer. Dude, the U.S. women's team is coming into this. Isn't it in Paris?
0: Isn't it in Paris? Are you in France? I think
1: so. I
0: kind of need to go. Well,
1: here's the thing. I'm going to Germany in like May, dude, and you know, just stay, just stay. just stay, just stay, just stay. Yeah, okay, okay, okay. What What do you think this is? This isn't a, you know, this isn't a.
0: Oh, you know, uh, I I I do like it when people who post and 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 directly mention us then delete their shit because they got called out.
1: Oh, oh. By the way, I, and I'll say this to all. Yeah, of yeah I knew but you were where you're going, dude. Say it. dude. I am so sorry because Facebook has changed their things, guys. Right, and so I think I'm posting for me, and I, and I like
0: enough. It, no, it's okay. No, it's okay. But I wasn't
1: wrong. I wasn't wrong. Like, well, it, wasn't it's wrong.
0: it's because we had. I think I think it was probably in our feed because I had already like liked the article or something like that. So yeah, that yeah. that put it in our feed, and then therefore, um, ignorant ignorant people. I can't well. Say. well I just don't understand. I mean, first off, his statement wasn't true, and I almost responded because I'm like, "Um, I can just name alone that twice this year, the Barcelona women sold out the Camp Nou to levels that the men's team never had before. So the fact that people aren't attending the game or people aren't watching is just absurd. Have they not figured out how to best monetize it? Yes. but The problem is everybody's confusing women's soccer for the WNBA. And it's not the same. Mm, that's and true. there's there's conversations to be had about both. And yes. you know what? Maybe we make that a, a, a future episode. And Aya will definitely weigh in on all oh, that. Yeah. But the reality is we're not at that point anymore, folks. I mean, yeah. people tune in to watch the Women's World Cup. The, the <laughs> What people watched at Wembley last summer oh, was man. effing amazing.
1: Amazing. amazing. Okay,
0: amazing. so we are super excited uh for uh oh it's australia and new zealand thank you um oh yeah. okay, okay my bad because it's the olympics that are in paris i think is the case yes. that's i'm, I'm yeah, confusing yeah, yeah. all my international tournaments australia yeah, new zealand 2023 uh, okay uh, let me see how much flights are um but yeah i mean it's it's just going to be an amazing tournament at, so close on the heels of what we just saw uh, of of greatness between England and Spain and Germany and, and everything they did, uh, and now you throw the the Americans into the mix. You throw Japan, who's historically been solid in the mix. Oh man! Uh, I mean, I think we can have a real, really excellent World Cup. Also, don't rule out Brazil. I know they're missing. You know that they'll be without Marta for the first time in what five World Cups? So exactly twenty years since if, if that Marta will be there. I mean, this is this great. is going to be great. This is really going to be great, and you get to see the yes. new names. And by the way, if you cared to tune in, you just put on CBS Sports, and you'd be able to watch Sam Kerr. You'd be able to watch I was say, all of these Australia. players. It, it it's 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 not going to be well. I'm talking about the league. Look, just oh well, yeah, it, no. I can, you, it, you say nobody sorry. watches. Well, you, why aren't you watching then?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Watch. Yeah, I love putting yeah. the games on. I, I, it, I. It, to me, it's just great. So, at at this point, it's just a bunch of incels who are are posting because they have nothing else to talk about. Exactly. And they they honestly, exactly. we've given them more airtime than they deserve.
1: Yep. So, ladies, know this: that we will be watching with bated breath, just like we did with this tournament, because. The fact is, is that I am so excited. I'm so excited, man, once again, to see Chelsea players, to see Man U players, to see, you know, just everybody show up and perform. Because if if anything came from the men's um, World Cup, you saw Harry Maguire play like Harry Maguire can play. Yeah. And you said this all along, my friend, when you strap on that jersey – When you put that jersey on that represents your home country, there's something that happens. Can you imagine? Okay, just think about this Sam Kerr switching from that jersey right there to an Aussie jersey. Right. And it's hosted in Australia. Dude. Australia. Oh,
0: she's gonna go apeshit in this tournament. She's, she's gonna, gonna go be in this tournament. It's
1: gonna be great. It's gonna it's, be great. Millie Bright coming in with all the other English ladies. Just saying, you know what? Look, we're gonna yep. run this tournament. Over. I mean, it's just gonna be. I got my great crush up. Anyway.
0: So because she's just a big up front power forward. <laughs> give me the ball, and then she what? Did she not have the goal of the tournament she, with that cheeky back heel? It and was then, wonderful. Then, I'm dude. So sad that she's no longer with us, but I got to be honest, it is super cool that Lauren James and Reese James. I mean, yes. got a Gary Neville and Phil Neville twin brothers play for Manchester United. That's that's crazy, right? Yeah, yeah. But it's not outside the realm of possibility because of they're ha- they're having that Manchester United has this team and they're two men, but. Yep. Ten years ago, that wasn't the case for Chelsea and, and women's soccer players. And, and here's Lauren James coming along, and her brother already plays there. They're both Chelsea players. They're both national team players. Dude. It's awesome, all, all my club bullshit aside, that's maybe one of the coolest things ever. Seriously. Come on!
1: It is good. It's oh like Lauren's God. gonna be like, look, 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 bro, move, move to the side. Like that's we're, my. We got this. We got this. Yeah.
0: <laughs> that's my my-, my marshmallow goes there.
1: <laughs> oh that's- my goodness! But me,
0: I'm driving you to practice. You were- <laughs> Get out and hop your ass to
1: rehab. I'm going. Like, Come on, go to rehab. It's- I gotta go score some goals. <laughs> it's
0: it is it is super 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 cool to me. Yeah. Um. Yeah.
1: There's there's so much there's so much football coming going, like it it's already started like with the with the men's World Cup in this next year and a half two years there's so much
0: opportunity for those to people. He's right. YouTube YouTube's got Women's Champions League on for free. Yeah, so there you, you go. Thrown on the Chelsea PSG match. Yes. James Gordon got yes. three to nothing. I don't know what it finished, but that's kind of cool.
1: So, I mean Chelsea is rolling right now. I mean just rolling. And,
0: and, so and, look, look, I'm gonna look up the league real quick.
1: Yeah, go ahead. Leagues and cups. This is the time, cups. guys. Look, exactly. this is the time. If you don't know English soccer, if you don't know African league soccer, if you don't know La Liga, if you don't uh, know
0: he you. you know
1: the Asian the Asian you know conference, if you don't he know about. You. This is the time to look and see incredible soccer that's being played.
0: English women's league, amazing,
1: absolutely amazing. Um, So, Io says Lauren James is going to (laughs) she's going to ball out next World Cup, especially since Beth Mead. Yes. Beth Mead, unfortunately, ACL injury. Yep, you're right. So that kind of opens the door, Io, for, for Lauren James to just be like, okay, I got this.
0: Ooh, Vivian yeah. Mademar is about to have surgery on ACL. I just finally I got on the page here because uh, I wanted to see where the standings were. So Chelsea is top of the table, but they've played one more game than most teams. Yeah, uh, yeah most teams
1: three, have game in hand on them.
0: Three-point lead on Arsenal's women, uh, five-point lead on United women, who started strong and then just had a couple wobbles, but just not scoring enough goals. City, only three points back. West Ham, Everton, Villa, Tottenham, Liverpool, Redding. Redding. Yeah, Reading, ladies. Kick it up.
1: I'm just saying, if, if, no, if, the, it's, if, the, if the Premier League is too, quote-unquote, boring for you, you need to check out the Women's Super League, guys. I'm telling you, it is tight, well, and, in tight the, and tight. All
0: right. Crazy. Phrasing. Um, sorry, I had to. That's not fair.
1: What? But, what?
0: Never mind, man. That one phased. Okay,
1: okay, okay. okay. This is it my- is quality, quality, quality. How's that? Is that- <laughs>
0: the, the, the main picture on the UEFA Women's Champions League page is uh, Lauren James throwing down. Yeah. I just... I I really liked her at Manchester United, so I I'm disappointed that she went to Chelsea. But I'm not, I can't be mad. I, of course, right. you go to the club where you and your brother can play together. That's just fucking cool. Yeah. And Chelsea's the better team right now. So good on her. I ain't mad. the The women move around in a way that I don't quite fully understand, but also the leagues are set up so differently. But are also kind it's interesting because all of a sudden you're like, wasn't Sam Kerr in Chicago last week and now she's playing for Chelsea? And then next week she's in New Zealand. Like, what's going on? <laughs> to me, that's kind of cool in how you grow the I game. And make sure that it's being seen in all these yeah. different places. So, I am yeah. mad about it. Um, Ladies
1: and gentlemen, man, I tell you what, we're... a lot around here. <laughs> We've we got a lot to talk about. But I'm going to move us along, my friend, because <laughs> we have come to and hit the applause button right now my friend hit that applause button because we have come to the best part of the show the hey Aaron segment of the show ladies and gentlemen are you not entertained are you not entertained my friend I have a um an end of the year question the <laughs> <I mean, laughs> the crowd's kind of like hey, hey,
0: guys whatever giving crowd chance.
1: on ecstasy or something it's like they're like ah! Uh, uh,
0: they we're going need to, to come get me <laughs>
1: i have a year year question
0: for
1: you um a two part question
0: two part Are answer
1: best, yeah best part of this year for you but as far as no i'm just gonna open it up my friend best part of the year for you and i want you to start off with this the second part though is the part i don't want to say the worst part of the year for you but what you would say to people that is most concerning for you so the the most concerning thing that you have, you know, seen throughout this year, it could be either in sports or oh, know, okay, whatever or anything like that. Like you're like, hey guys, you know what? We need to do this, or we need to keep our eye on this, or we need to do whatever. But then end with the greatest, like the most awesome thing that you experienced this year, and that could be, like I said, anything. Okay, sports. You know, I'm I'm whatever.
0: gonna keep it to sports. Um, yep just from the standpoint of you know the the question is is so robust it it really could be anything but i i think what continues to be concerning and disturbing and annoying and just i don't quite get it is that france went out on penalties in the same way that England went out on penalties last year. Mm -hmm. And first off, instead of saying, well done boys, shame. We didn't win. Here's some things we could have done better, but we applaud you. We're proud of you. Mm -hmm. There isn't just criticism. There's racist, abusive criticism. Of these young players who want nothing more to represent France. And a lot of them are second generation, you know, like French African players Mm
1: -hmm. Mm -hmm.
0: trying to find this home. And much like Jaden and Marcus and Bucao for England last year, you had Chouamani and and Turan and, and probably Mbappe on social media just getting absolutely abused, not because they didn't play hard enough for the national team, but because they were black and missed a penalty kick. Mm. And it's just I just can't wrap my head around it. Yeah. It's it's one thing to say you didn't play well enough. There's there's plenty of criticism for a guy like Harry Maguire. Hey man Positionally not good enough for Manchester United. He is slow. He is big. He does make some poor decisions. You don't go after a people's family. But nobody ever, like, he doesn't have to worry about that kind of abuse. But Marcus Rashford spends the last couple years making sure impoverished kids get school meals. Get the same school meals that they would have missed out on because of COVID and all that stuff. Gets a, what, an a MBE, OBE? Universally lauded. Gets brought on with no, almost no time to get loose, get ready. He's a penalty kick specialist, and actually, I'm sorry, I don't buy this notion, he hit the post. I mean... Yeah. yeah, he did. And he suffers this racist abuse. And it's just, it's just disgusting. It's absolutely disgusting to me. And it, it, it sadly reflects on certain parts of our our, race, our, our our human race, our humanity. But then I see Bukayo Sako score a goal in the World Cup and run in front of a whole bunch of English fans, some of whom might have hurled racist abuse at him uh, just a year ago. And he and he got their applause. He got to savor that moment. One doesn't deserve the other, and one does not cancel out the other. But I'm happy to see an African team, an Arab African team in Morocco, get such international plaudits. Mm -hmm. i'm happy to see you know so many of these sides that represent the diversity of the world these dutch teams these french teams even the argentinian team had a guy named mcallister on it
1: yes (laughs) right
0: so then i see the good side and the happy side of the diversity. And that's one of the things that I've always loved about this game is that I've met so many people from so many places playing the game, coaching the game, following the game, traveling for the game and talking to people that I never would have otherwise, if it weren't for the fact that I was wearing a Jersey mm. or watching a game in a bar in a foreign land somewhere. And somebody goes, You're an American and you like soccer? Fuck yeah. And I'm here to carry that banner. So from the low point of treating people like shit to the high point of just how it feels to score that goal and how... You have to admit, whether you're a fan or not, whether you what side of the debate you come down on, what Messi means to the world Mm. as an iconic figure, it transcends this game. When he scored that goal, when they when he lifted that trophy, millions upon millions of people, billions of people rejoiced that's a beautiful game, man.
1: Yep. yep. man. I tell you what, thank you for that brother. And that is the perfect segue into just letting you continue, you know, with, with your thoughts. Um, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for joining us tonight. Uh, you know, I'm not sure where you're at right now. I hope and pray that you guys are just nice and warm, uh, safe, And that you are with your loved ones and you are huddled up uh, somewhere to where you guys can uh, spend some time together. But my friend, you are amazing. And um, this is the time where you get to send us out with your final thought. Um, Love you, dude. And (laughs) man, (laughs) this is... uh, Man, this tournament has been a wild. Crazy it's been phenomenal. Goal. It, it, it,
0: it right. really, it really has. And uh, first off, yeah, I want to say if you're anywhere near where we are, I hope you are sitting on your couch watching us on your laptop. Because uh, yes. if you're in your car, put your phone down, because uh, <laughs> it can be good. I know from from the north tip of this country to probably the middle of Texas. Uh, you're getting hit hard right now. Yeah. So bundle up, look after one another. It's only going to be a couple days. We do not need to go raid the milk in the bread. You've got <laughs> leftover pizza. you yeah. got, look, it's time to eat the bean soup at the back of the cabinet. <laughs> it's not going to be that bad. Right. Do you got some extra garlic or something? Throw it in there. Yeah. This is yeah. where you learn how to be a good cook. Okay. That's it. Um, but I want to say, first off, um, and and uh, it, it would have been my halftime shot, and I appreciate uh, my friend and brother here uh, with his kind words, uh, but I, I have to say, we lost an absolute great mm-hmm in grant wall during this yeah. world cup uh and i know there was a lot of like, crazy conspiracy theories because that's what we do now uh but it just turned out to be you know a, a sad part of life and it was his moment in time and uh if there's a silver lining to it he was doing exactly what he loved watching an amazing football match uh in, in a foreign land and in re- and, and, and reporting on it and writing about it and um standing up for human rights by by you know just wearing a t-shirt to a match in a place that won't allow it uh and is currently you know holding a woman who took her top off at the argentina match uh you know for that i I get it look i'm not trying to disparage but i think there are bigger things in the world to be concerned about but um grant wall was was he was a real one he was an amazing true supporter of u.s soccer whether it was the men's national team, women's, women's national team, club matches, youth soccer. He was there for it, uh, and he was there to support it. Um, but also, sadly, the human tragedy of this World Cup. I, I, I want to remember the highs of this and, and watching Morocco in their amazing run and Eddie Martinez's crazy shithousery and glove celebration and Lionel Messi lifting the trophy and being the crowning achievement of what was already a career that did not deserve any criticism. But thousands of people have lost their lives to make this happen. And it's a sad reflection uh, of kind of where we are. Um, and all I can say is, as I've said so many times when this was just you and I, having some silly fun in the middle of COVID. By the way, that was two and a half years ago, brother. Oh my God. Amazing. Two and a half years ago. Wow. And our job, if we cannot be the catalyst or activist ourselves, is to bear witness, Mm. to be part of the record of what's going on, to never forget and to remind others so this doesn't happen again. So there, so there's a better World Cup the next time around. And that this type of suffering doesn't happen. And it's the same for what I was talking about earlier. Somebody says some shit around you. You don't have to punch them in the face. You just tell them that's wrong. We are better human beings than this. We don't need to resort to violence. We saw one of the greatest examples of somebody standing up for democracy and freedom in the world yesterday. And we would all do well to take that to heart and redouble our efforts to bear witness, to march, to put a fist in the air and say, not on my watch. We are here to make a better place for all of us. I don't care if you're a black man, Asian woman, transgender, I don't care. It's humanity. And I'm here for it. And I love it when the beautiful game reflects that. And when it doesn't, I got to put my hand in the air and say, that was wrong. Let's do better. So everybody, I'm here with you. I love you all for tuning in. Let's all just do better. Evan, you're my friend and brother, and I love you. And we will see you all in the new year. Take care.
1: Hit that theme music, brother. Hit that theme music because, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for joining us, my friend. I I love you, dude. And we you love, everybody, happy Quanta, happy Hanukkah, happy, you know, whatever. Holidays. Merry happy Merry holidays. holidays. We love you. Here at the Evan and Aaron Show presents the Red and Blue Soccer Chat. Have a safe, wonderful holiday season. My brother, it's like I'll it. see you soon.